0: Hello everyone. This is Jim Lucy, editor in chief for Electrical Wholesale and Electrical Marketing, with our July 6th update on the economic impact the COVID-19 virus is having on the electrical market. Today's podcast is sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit in 1988, and in 1989 it developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics, which met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast. We explore some key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks, and some interesting data from the latest Channel Marketing Group and Disc Corp survey about the impact the COVID-19 crisis is having on their revenue expectations for electrical distributors, manufacturers, and independent reps. Let's first check out some weekly economic indicators that can offer an early indicator of where the electrical market may be headed and when and where any economic return for the better may be occurring. These five weekly indicators are Initial Unemployment Claims at the State Level Rate Freight Car Traffic The Baker Hughes Rate Count Oil Prices And Copper Prices Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's Electoral Economy. Let's look first at the Unemployment Claims at the State Level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims so far in the COVID-19 crisis. This data is valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and reps because it offers empirical evidence of just how big an issue layoffs are now at the local level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establishing a trend in this direction, there will be a clue for you about, the, about when the economy in that state is starting to improve. that we have about 10 weeks of unemployment data since the COVID-19 crisis really started impacting the U.S. economy. Let's look at the trend in claims using a four-week moving average. When you look at this data by the, this metric, you find that weekly unemployment claims peaked in the second and third weeks of April and have been steadily leveling out after that. On a national basis, claims are still chronically high, but during the month of June and through the latest data available, which is through June, the week of June 27th, we did see a notable decline. On a national basis, total unemployment claims dropped by 14,575 for the week ending June 27 to roughly 1.45 million. Unfortunately, two Midwestern states saw their claims jump by more than 10,000 over the previous week. Those states were Indiana, which had a 24,033 increase to 53,364, and Michigan, which had an increase of 17,671 to 37,312. Other states that logged large numbers of claims last week included California with 279,241, Georgia with 115,750 claims, Texas with 96,141, New York with 90,323 claims, Florida with 84,603 claims, Pennsylvania with 51,200 claims, Illinois with 45,249 claims, and the state of Washington 38,903 claims. One other unemployment number to watch is the claims per 1,000 people in the state's labor force. This allows you to compare large and small states by the same metric. The five states with the largest number of claims per 1,000 workers in the labor force were Georgia at 24, Alaska at 20 claims per 1,000 labor force, Indiana at 16 per 1,000 people in the labor force, and California and Kentucky at 15 per 1,000 employees, and Hawaii at 13 per 1,000 employees. One interesting economic metric specific to the electrical market are electrical manufacturer shipments. Electrical Marketing Newsletter offers this data monthly as part of its $99 annual subscription. You can also find the data at the U.S. Census Bureau's website at www.census.gov, but Electrical Marketing provides it once a month and offers some historical context for the numbers. Electrical manufacturer shipments were actually running at a comparatively high level in March when they hit $3.494 billion. They declined sharply in April and saw a more moderate decline in May to $2.94 billion. From the March peak to the May trial, shipments declined 16%. That is a pretty huge drop, but it doesn't compare to the 36% decline from January 2008 through January 2010 with that we experienced in the Great Recession. An interesting leading indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic, because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, which publishes this data weekly. Let's take a look. Looking at the four-week moving average can also help see patterns in AAR's freight rail traffic. After bottoming out in May, weekly rail traffic showed some steady gains in June, as you can see in the chart. This chart also shows the annual drops in freight rail tra- traffic that typically occur around the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Despite the gains in June, weekly freight rail traffic through the week ending June 27th is still down double digits with a 13.2% decline year over year. The most recent data shows that motor vehicles with a 36.6% decline year over year and coal with a 27.3% decline where the rail categories hit the hardest. Some of the big declines in coal can be attributed to the, the trend in the electrical power industry for utilities, where they are converting more and more power plants to natural gas or renewables, particularly wind. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available on a weekly basis on the state, basin, and national basis. There's not much good news to report in the number of oil rigs operating in the United States. These numbers are continuing the steady downward trajectory that they have been on for the past few months. The total rig count, including both gas and oil rigs, is down approximately 73% from this time last year. That's a drop of 700 operational rigs. The Permian Basin in Texas account for the largest portion of this decrease with the decline of 317 rigs. After that massive drop in April, the price of a barrel of the benchmark West Texas Intermediate oil has held steady, tracking at around $40 a barrel. It's got a long way to go to get to a price where drillers make money. That varies by region, but a good rule of thumb is $60 a barrel is a spot where drillers can start being profitable. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposit. It really gives you a sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers. Everyone likes to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wiring and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices aren't as volatile as what you see in the oil market, but they too saw some big swings in late March, with some daily increases as high as 4% and at least one decline of 6%. Copper prices have been on a run in June, climbing at from $2.47 per pound on June 1st to $2.73 on June 30th. Macrotrends.net is a great place to go when you need historical pricing data for copper and other metals. We provide that Macrotrends data in our presentations every two weeks. If your company focuses on the industrial market, one good indicator to track is the monthly manufacturing employment data that is available at the metro, state, and national level. County data is also available from the Census Department twice a year. Electrical Marketing Newsletter uses a three month moving average of this local data in conjunction with electrical wholesaling sales per employee multipliers from the annual marketing planning guide. We use that data to develop metro, county, state, and national sales potential estimates. While electrical wholesaling editors were updating our electrical sales potential local markets last week, we saw some huge drops in industrial employment in some states. The map in this slide highlights the metropolitan areas with the largest year-over-year drops in industrial employment the darker the color the deeper the decline as you can see in the map michigan has been hit the hardest over the past three months on a more optimistic note i read some reports with the july 4th holiday weekend that some of the major car plants in the state will be back in full production by late july industrial employment is down 18.7 percent year-over-year for the state of michigan and as you can see in the table Two metropolitan areas are suffering with employment declines of more than 30%. These areas are Flint at 32.5% and Bay City with a 31.9% decline. The largest area in the state, Detroit, Warren, Livonia, is down 24.3%. The real numbers sound even worse than these percentages. The state of Michigan lost 117,467 manufacturing jobs since May of last year, and the Detroit market is down 56,000 jobs. Another hard-hit metro in Michigan is the Warren, Troy, Farms & Hills metro, which is off 32,800 jobs. Again, if you have a particular interest in the Michigan economy, watch reports of assembly line workers returning to work this month, as this data only runs through May. David Gordon of Channel Marketing Group and Chris Sokol of Discorp have done a terrific series of studies on the impact that the COVID-19 crisis is having on the electrical market. They've gotten hundreds of responses from electrical distributors, manufacturers, and independent reps for these studies. Respondents report on their revenue forecast and on the specific strategies they are using to get through this crisis. All respondents get a copy of this in-depth study. To participate in the next study, contact David Gordon at dgordon at channelmarket.com. In the channel marketing group this study, independent reps reported the biggest anticipated and drops in sales year over year through June, with an 18.8% decline. As you can see in the slide on the far right, almost 15% of the rep respondents were expecting a June sales decline of from 31% to 40%, and another 25 to 30% of the respondents were looking for a decline of between 21% and 30% over last year. Distributor respondents were expecting a June decline of 11.5% year over year, electrical manufacturers were anticipating a decline of 7.9 percent. This concludes the market data portion of our presentation for today. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2020. Our Today's Electrical Economy podcast series focuses mainly on data at the national level, a subscription to electrical marketing We'll give you the local market data at the metro, county, and state level. We also provide our popular electrical price index, the electrical product sales estimates for 17 product categories at the state level, access to a construction product database that has hundreds of projects in it, and other market data at the local level such as building permits and gross domestic product annual subscription to electrical marketing newsletter costs only $99 per year at our special promotional rate. All subscriptions include 24-7 access to all market data and electrical marketing newsletter published twice each month. To subscribe to electrical marketing, go to www.electricalmarketing.com, click on the menu icon at the top of the home page, and then click on magazine subscriptions. Thanks again for listening to our presentation, and please contact me if there is any other type of economic data you would like us to cover in these podcasts. And a special thanks again to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2020. Our next presentation will be on Monday, July the 20th.